Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi Rangers, it's me, Jackie Cation Welcome to the dark forest It's 2024. Let's do this. Here's the credits, of course. Mike Rickberg sang that song at the beginning, and he wrote that song, and he sang it with Sarah Cohen, his wife, and he will sing the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Also, Patrick Brady still putting this together. Video, audio, all of it. He's amazing. So, and Vilmos doing JackieCationStore.com. Squarespace is doing the regular Jackie Cation page. And I'm thinking of moving the Dork Forest and DorkForest.com away from WordPress because it's driving me nuts. But those are the credits. But if you go to JackieCation.com, you can get Dork Forest merch. You can get my stand-up merch. You can get my stand-up CDs and DVDs, which you'd have to have uh, devices for those. Uh, you can also see videos and find out any number of things. I have another podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show, but The Dork Forest is the flagship 18th year. We're doing it, you guys. You can go to my Bandcamp or my YouTube for extra content. Please donate is what I'm saying. It's 2024, and I think we've been in this long enough. Why don't you guys, everybody send me 100 bucks? That's what I'd like you to do. You can PayPal me. You can, There's links all over the pages. You can Venmo me at Jackie Cation. You can find me at a stand-up show and uh, hand me a sweaty wad of 20s. Do something. But I love doing the show. I would love uh, to make some money is what I'd like to do. In other news, I'm sure there's more things that I should talk about, but I can't think of them. But let's listen to who's going to dork out about something, because that's my favorite part. Thanks for listening, you guys. You're all great. Let's get into the show. Rangers, it's me, Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room. That's right. And I am with Mary Moran, who is a chef and who has done many chef things. And we're going to talk about foods. And then we're going to we're going to hear some good stories. She has a new book out uh, February 2nd, which I think is coming up any minute here. But I've read it. It's called Vita Gang. It's about uh, eating your vitamins. It's an adventure is what it was. It was about welcome to the program, Mary Moran. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. You're kind of funny. Yeah. Sure, I'm. I'm. I'm all funny, and uh, and you've written a, this. Is this your first children's book? Just yeah, this is my this is my first book. I um, have taken it upon myself to self publish, and I'm really excited. It's about time in my life that I get some books published. Awesome, and is it is it also like at Hail Mary, Food of Grace, and it will be in the in the notes. Hail Mary, Food of Grace, get it? Uh, is your Instagram, and that's a dot com as well as a website. And uh, will the will the book be available there? The book is available there. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's oh, available good. everywhere. All right. I will put the name of the book and I will put the handle and the website in the notes, you guys. Mary Moran. So what mostly because you listed like a bunch of you've done a bunch of um, what was it called? Food stylist. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is a Hollywood job uh, <laughs> being a food stylist. But you did it for the Gilmore Girls. And I was a big fan of the Gilmore Girls. No way you were. I yeah. mean, a lot of people were. That was right. a popular show. So that makes sense. Right. And I was one of them. I said to myself, <laughs> I enjoy this program until I realized that uh, the child had to be the adult the entire time. And that made me sad. So it was hard to rewatch. But uh, <laughs> I did. I liked 
I liked how much food they ate and they never got fat. And I liked how um, they were poor, but she wore uh, a $300 t-shirt. So it was when I first realized that you could go look up the clothes that people were wearing on television and find out where I could get such a thing. And then I never got such a thing because it was a fancy, very expensive t-shirt. So what is food styling on a show though? It's like, yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, which nobody knows what it is, uh, (laughs) all of us, (laughs) Uh, food styling is anything that is seen on camera that is made to look like what's going on in the scene. So I think in Gilmore Girls, I've done a lot of shows, but there was like a um, uh, like a flower fight as two actors were um, making bread, I think. And so my job was to coat the kitchen in flour, have different baking ingredients that look like they had spilled and meticulously setting up the scene to reflect what was going on with food. It's really cool. Oh, that is really cool. And were you using actual food or was it a mix? Oh, yeah. No. The only thing that was a mix was Suki's Kitchen. Um, whenever we dressed out Suki's Kitchen, it was incredible because we would get there, obviously, before uh, anybody else was on Warner Brothers lot, right? right? So we were on the Warner Brothers lot and we would have the the truck, right? The big truck that was coming in with all the produce. And so the big truck would come in and the crates and crates and crates of fruits and vegetables and anything else that was going on the scene uh, would be showing up on the, on the truck. Uh, And at, in, in Suki's kitchen, there were a few like plastic bread loaves or something else that really didn't matter, but otherwise it was all real food. It was all real food. Now here's an obvious question. What happened to the food after? Like, did they, yeah. Did you have to toss it? Okay. So this is very controversial. Uh, some of the food- <laughs> That's what the dork forest is about. Right. No. Right. So some of the food was handed out to crew, to staff, to anybody with, okay. that was in the offices, you know, and that makes a lot of sense. But, you know, there were some days that we were like, let's say it was a Monday shoot and we were shooting the same scene by Thursday or Friday, and there wasn't a lot of money for that scene, right? And right. so the food had actually gone bad in the time that it took to tape the food. Right. And so, so in that case, yeah. all there's left to do is throw it out. And also, we, like just a reminder, like our shoot days can be up to like 14 hours, which means that a piece of like chicken is sitting on the counter under lights for you know, 10 hours. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, vegetables and stuff like that, you could compost Oof. it, I'm sh- I guess. But um, the meat Raw. is, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're going to want to toss the meat. Oh my <laughs> God, you want to toss those veggies. Actually, I'm getting a cringy feeling because the smell of vegetables that have actually rotted on set <laughs> are so much grosser <laughs> than meat could ever possibly smell. Is it because of the lights? It's because oh, of how God. hot. Yeah. And, and I just, I think it's like all, you know, you think about like vegetables being really good for you and yeah. you always think like the vegetables that hold up are broccoli, right? And how smelly broccoli is. And then right. under hot lights and it's releasing all that smelly gas in the room. Yeah. It is gassy too. It is <laughs> entirely like it is. It's exactly that. It's a, so, it's a gassy. It's a gassy vegetable for sure. But you, so. 
but you also worked on like sort of um fix a kitchen show right like hell's kitchen or yeah so i was in the kitchen nightmare kitchen nightmare hell's kitchen uh i worked in the background and um worked on nailed it and sugar rush kind of in the same vein and i worked with a team of people right because i was young when i was on that show right and uh so i would go in and we would know what the day was involving and okay. then we would create um, whatever needed to be done in order for the show to be filmed. I think oh, okay. one, of, one of the one of the greatest days that I was uh, on set was um, one of Gordon Ramsay's. I think it was Hell's Kitchen, and he brought in you know king crabs, you know, like you see yeah. the king crab yeah. lakes. So he had one of the live ones on set. And I've never seen a live king crab on set. And Gordon was so excited about it. It was so fun to watch him get so excited. How big are they? I don't even know. Are they really big? So, you know, I mean, you've been on shows. So, you know what a dolly cart is, you know, the the prop carts. They're really big. Well, it filled up like two of those. Like, they're massive. Oh, my God. All right. It's a, but I think it's like having a baby. You should have had two of them so that the one could relax. Um, yeah. But it was probably a crab that ended up hopefully being, uh, to some extent, eaten. That's uh, a good use. Here, I like to say living life's purpose. Maybe. Yes, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Unless you're a vegetarian. This is uh, this, uh, this show will not be for vegetarians so far. Welcome no. to the program. <laughs> uh, but here's, here's, a lateral kind of question is do you, like when you watch a show that you weren't on, that you didn't do the work on, yeah. you can see. So I like, for example, much like millions of people around the world, um, that British Bake Off show. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so popular. Right. Super popular. They're doing the cooking though, right? Like how realistic yeah. is that kind of stuff? Right. Is it true confession? I've never seen yeah. the show. I've never oh, seen the show. Fair enough. I have never seen Miss Maisel or Hacks. <laughs> there uh, we go. So uh, I can't do it. I'm just like, mm, it's great. I'm sure you love it as much as you want. Right. But it wasn't for me. Yeah. Also, let me tell you from shows that I have worked on, right? Um, right. There are so many shows that when they're making the food, like on Nailed It, they are actually making the food. There's very right. little that we're doing in the background. We only facilitate the items and they are actually cooking. Now, okay. in a show like The Bear, um, which I have now become a fan of. That's um, fiction though, right? Or it it's is a, fiction. It's, it's a- It's a 30 minute drama. I have been corrected that it is not a sitcom. Oh, okay. And I'm like, whatever, but it's, it won in comedy. So maybe it's all of it. There's a lot of drama in there. So fair enough. I'll I'll give it that. Um, But a lot of the, the recordings that come in, it's just of one person who's in the background chopping the same onions over and over and over again. Right. <laughs> so anytime <laughs> they have the cooking um, moment that they need to show that the chef is in real intense, in an intense cooking moment, it's always <laughs> right. that same clip of the guy cutting onions and carrots. It's pretty funny. <laughs> that is really funny. So now to go from 
a lateral to now you do have a cooking school. Yeah. You, um, and that is, it's not called Hail Mary Food of Grace. What, no. It's a silver, it's in Silver Lake, California. Uh, it's close to, I just moved kitchens, so I'm close to the old spot. Um, but I think, you know, in LA, there's lots of different neighborhoods. So I think this one is Echo Park. Uh, and okay. this one's called the Silver Lake Kitchen. I haven't rebranded myself yet, but it's called right. the Silver Lake Kitchen. Um, and, and I teach adults and kids. Oh, that's cool. And do you teach them how to cook or how to bake or both of it? Or what are the, what's the, what, what, what how many classes, like how big is it? Are you teaching alone? What's happening? <laughs> What's happening? Uh, well, I finally hired somebody to be a regular person to help me because uh, <laughs> 12 children with uh, chef knives seemed like an important <laughs> reason to have another hand. Yes. Just another <laughs> wrangler to go. Yes, your tiny hand and your perfectly sized a tiny chef knife. Um, my sister bought knives for her kids because she's a big, she's a big yeah. cook. She's not professionally trained, um, but she's uh, she loves loves it, and so um, yeah. she's you know that's. So, do you teach the kids? Like, the, how long is a class? Is it like a two hour, three hour class? Like a, like so a. So it's after school, right? So I'm kind of catching them after school and before dinner. Uh, and I really kind of thought, I'm a parent. I have two kids. I have a 10 and a 13 year old. And I thought, okay. like, what do I want out of this class? Uh, one, yeah. I want my child's homework to be done and I want them to make me dinner, right? Those are the right? things. Right. So the kids come in, uh, they get like half an hour and we finish homework and do all those after school kind of things. And right, then right. we go into really intense cooking. Uh, every student is in charge of each dish, uh, you know, from start to finish. So that eight to 10 inch chef knife is in their hand and they are butchering chicken and sorry, ooh, not a vegetarian show. Um, they're right. No sweat. I love, I, I could do an entire episode just about chicken. Right. So there you go. So, so they've got that in hand. And then after the day is over, like, you know, they take home an addition to dinner, right? So pork tenderloin okay. with cherry sauce, and then they go home and they add it to the meal. Right. They take uh, so. it home for the folks, for, yeah. for their family. Yeah, exactly. You, you send them home essentially with like a little to-go box of mm -hmm. the thing that they prepared. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's exactly. cool. And are they making uh, a part of a meal? Like they're be making either the main dish, the pork tenderloin, or they're making a vegetable dish or like yeah. a, a pasta or rice dish? Yeah. Yeah. So every month we're trying to accomplish some kind of cooking skill. And then we, I figure out when I'm creating my monthly menu, like what, what dish fits that mold. And then of course, you know, I checked in with the parents and I was like, you know, how many sweet dishes do they want? And all of them wrote back and we're like, none, not zero. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't There's want that. plenty of yeah, there's plenty of sugar in these kids' lives. Right. So, so yeah. it's mostly it's mostly savory foods with a few uh sweets thrown in. But they but they love it and they take it so serious. They they blow me away. That's so cool. And um so they they come at like three and they go leave at six or yeah, and roughly five thirty six. Right. And do they get a sort of an after school snack before what Look, I, I only provide cooking. I mean, they got to feed them, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right, right. But it's just, I just remember coming home from school and lunch had been so long ago. 
Yeah. And it hadn't been that long ago. It had been about three or four hours. <laughs> but in the kid brain, that was a day ago. Right. So, it was yeah. like a lifetime. And I had had to use my brain to think about math or something <laughs> was happening. Right. So my, my brain was a, and, and if, how old are the kids? Eight to 14. Okay. Yeah. So. And if, and, and you have two kids, 10 and 13, you said? Yeah. 10 and 13. Uh, boys. Girls, boys. 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 Oh my God. I'm a boy so, mom. You're a boy mom with uh, hollow leg children. That's uh, right. So, yes. So, you, there's not enough food. <laughs> no. Not a food to feed them. no, no, but I sure try. Like I kind of, you know, when I was a kid, like my parents' house used to be the stomping ground for all the neighborhood kids. And nice. I kind of realized if I have my pantry stocked with enough terrible, like sugary, salty foods, then yeah. other children will come and hang out. So of course we have like healthy, <laughs> wonderful snacks, but as you said, they're growing boys. So why not? Right, right. So you got to fill them. Right. Eventually you're done cooking. For them. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, seriously, eat that row of Oreos and get out of my face. <laughs> I and, mean, I hate uh, to say so, it, but I used to do that, right? Not maybe right. not the full row, but. Right. Well, and I have four brothers and, um, oh my God. and I did, right. And I did childcare for a while. My stepmother insisted on plating every, uh, oh. she was like, everybody gets at least one plate of food. So she would plate all oh, the food that makes so sense. that we all got at least one plate of food and we all had to finish our food, right? So that she made sure that we all had vegetables and there was rice and, you know, everything was happening. And then my brothers ate so fast so that they could eat the rest of the food that was on the table. Oh my God. I have so many questions now. We could have a whole show just about your four brothers and, uh, and the <laughs> eating. You're the lonely girl. <laughs> no, no. My, my sister and I, oh, there was sorry, uh, four, four boys and one sister. Oh my God. Uh, it was a full yeah. house. No wonder she full plated house. all her food. Right, right. She was like, I don't, I, I, this is the amount of food that we have. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to at least get some. And and then and my brother Russ, I remember he was on the wrestling team and wouldn't eat days before his wrestling match, so that oh, he, he had to come in way on weight. less. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Nancy was like, "We can't. You can't live like that. You're already <laughs> little. <Aww. laughs> we need you to grow." And um, so it was an interesting. Yeah, it was an interesting fun fact. So okay, that now. Do you teach them how to make pasta? Because you do like to make, because you said, I have a list as long as my arm of the things that you said you like about cooking and, and, and chefing and stuff. So, yeah, I love teaching them to make pasta. That has to be part of summer camp though, because it's so intensive. And even though pasta has, I think four ingredients, salt included, which doesn't make sense. Uh, it's about a page and a half worth of instructions, uh, right. which is insane. And so it's just Wait, too is much. Pasta, for... Is pasta like bread where it's just yeah. eggs and... Yeah, it's and, eggs, and flour, flour, salt, water. Okay. Very simple. Eggs, Very simple. Now, and but with pasta, and then you put it through the pasta thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or like there's an Armenian pasta like a dumpling thing we made when I was oh, a kid. Yeah. yeah. My grandmother used to make them in lots of a thousand. Yeah. And, uh, because yeah. they were, they look like wing nuts. Oh, and, uh-huh. um, they're called Monty 
you live here. You've probably no, seen them. I know. But I, I mean, whatever. Seen them, yes, but I, you know, it's amazing. The same thing can have like 15 names depending on what family you're from. Exactly. And every single culture in the whole wide world has <laughs> some sort of weird dumpling or hand pie. Empanada. Or, yeah. 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 Whatever. It's, oh, look, Polish hand pie. Borowski. Anyway, so, I mean, I just, <laughs> yeah. it just keeps going. So, um, so what do you like? I've, I've made pasta and I've actually made Manta or Monty and uh, it's a pain in the ass. What, yeah. uh, what do you love about it? <laughs> well, I had this student come in and this was, I don't know, years and years ago. Uh, Cause I've been teaching the class for, I don't know, six, seven years. And he came in and he said, listen, I'm moving to Africa and all I'm taking is a rolling pin. So I need you to teach me how to make this pasta with a rolling pin. And I was like, oh, I can do that. That's so easy. And so he came into my class and then I had, you know, a crazy expensive, expensive KitchenAid mixer and, um, right. you know, it rolls out pasta real fast. And then I had, you know, the old fashioned $29 Italian hand crank machine. Right. Sure. And so we have both of those devices. Right. Exactly. Uh, okay. A rolling pin and, um, hand oh, crank. and a rolling pin. We have all three of those oh, devices. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm, I love teaching hands-on and I love for everybody to really understand the process of food. Um, and so my pasta class became this experience of, you know, going from either the rolling pin to the hand crank to the KitchenAid machine and watching how one simple recipe can become really, really difficult, take tons of the time all the way to a KitchenAid where it's super, super fast, but that they can understand every step of the way of making the pasta. So that aha moment um, is so powerful with the students. That's, I think, why it's my love is because people fantasize about making pasta. I don't know. It's like, you know, I'm going to go to Italy. I'm going to learn how to make pasta and I'm going right. to live my best life, right? Yes. And so, <laughs> you know, it's one of my most popular classes because the moment you've worked so hard, a page and a half on all these steps, and you cut your pasta, inevitably, the students always go, oh, you know, and it's right. It you looks know, like pasta. It's yeah. pasta. Holy mackerel. Like we did right. it. I didn't think it. I didn't think it would look like that, which is right. what it I looks like. It, it looks look, real. Right. It, yeah, it look looks real. Yeah. Right. And um, so that's one of the reasons why I love it so much. And, you know, when I was younger and I would teach cooking classes or I would be a helper in a cooking class, you know, we would have like 15 things that we were trying to make and, and, and make it perfect. And well, I realized, once? I realized that people just want to learn one thing really great know the ins and the outs and they want to do a fantastic job and feel confident. So right. all of that That's, kind of comes through pasta. Now you went to the Cordon Bleu in um, Pasadena, right? I love um, going there. That was just a, a phenomenal experience. How long was the, was the course of study? Was it like 16 months I, or I was it three years? All, or? It was yeah. uh, like almost... Like 18 months. 
Um, okay. And then you had like a three month externship. Uh, but oh. I loved it. I, I was pretty confused in my younger life about which direction I'm from the Midwest. And so my family kept pushing art history. Wait a minute. Where are you from in the <laughs> Oklahoma? <laughs> that, that, sentence, that, that, uh, that, that sentence took a weird left turn. They kept encouraging art history. Whatever. Yeah, okay. Right, so right. you're from Oklahoma City. Right. Okay. And I. Um, Ended up in L.A. and I went into the Le Cordon Bleu and immediately was enamored with all the chefs and their giant white toques and every classroom. I mean, if you've watched The Bear, it's truly legit. You have the chef students in their white coats and their black and white pants and they're unrolling their tools of never used knives or barely used knives. And you, the courses every day is eight hours. I mean, it's so intense and it was just, it was the right fit. It was a perfect place for me at the time. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Did you learn, like you just explained the pasta thing? Did you learn one thing very, very well? Is that how it's taught at that school or? So the way that I think any school is done is when you start with a basic element, which for culinary school, because it's French based, it's with the five mother sauces. So you have an obscene amount of time with uh, knife skills, uh, which a lot of people get uh, rushed to the hospital with their injuries. Uh, so you just learn real quick not to cut anything. Uh, right. And then after Wait. that... Okay. Uh, wait, so wait, so the first thing you study is knife skills. So you spend at least a, six weeks. a week of eight six weeks of eight hour days cutting things? Yeah. Learning I mean, how to Yeah. Now, Pretty what much. are the so that what's you know how like there's a, a rough chop queen of the rough chop over here. Uh <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> but there's different there's real there's real names of the how big the items are, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So what are some of those? Do you? Oh my God. It's so long ago. I think I just live in the world of like, you know, uh, restaurant cut. Julianne? Or, or, yeah, Julianne's one. Um, Oh my God. Why am I blanking? Um, Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. They're really, you know, one of my favorite cuts is the oblique. It's a very bizarrely cut carrot um, that I try and teach students and they get really annoyed because all they want to do is it like on an angle. Yeah. It's is like a, a yeah, multiple okay. different angles and all okay. they want to do is cut it into circles. And so um, <laughs> that's all I want to do. You know, can you, so. can you, can you make it into a rose? Is there any part of the culinary yeah. school that no. teaches you? I how mean, to- yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. When we moved to Garmin okay. like six months later, then we learned how to turn <laughs> it into a rose. But for the first, you know, six weeks, all we're doing is learning how to do squares. To not and chop your fingers off. To and- not chop our fingers off. And then we use. And to do it quickly. Oh my God. Is, it, so what, fast. is that part of it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So fast. And then once. You know, they take those veggies that you learn how to cut and they then you learn how to make the five mother sauces. So like bechamel. What are the five? Oh, my God. Volute, uh, tomato sauce. um, Oh, my gosh. uh, Stock. uh, Volute. Oh. Uh, Stock is a is a is is a is a. I a you sauce? know what I I'm sorry you're like really you're digging deep no, I no. should have had my notes. Well, and the th- well and the thing is is there's no 
yeah uh there's there's no wrong answer i mean th- someone is listening right now going oh oh i know this one and you're well, like it's who funny cares? because once so. you know once you leave the culinary world you you really do you kind of put them on the shelves and then you pull from what you know you know right. and so like in the back of your brain you know exactly what it is that you're talking about but like the french words that like we really use for that 18 month period like some of it gets really shelved um yeah but but if you were and I just uh, hi I just looked it up so oh, like if someone if someone asked you so bechamel, be- bechamel bechamel is what is bechamel is that a white sauce bechamel is a white sauce it's, it's used for like Alfredo sauce so it's um a roux which is butter okay. and flour and then you add cream sauce and onion and clove and bay leaf okay ooh uh, no, uh velo- velouté velouté that's the one velouté. with fish stock oh that's fish oh wow mm-hmm. sauce espagnole espagnole yeah. yeah that that one is more of a brown sauce oh it's a spanish bra- is it spanish a little bit um but okay. everything is more french than spanish okay so it's a brown sauce mm-hmm. what are you is that also got a roux in it or uh, yeah, they that one would be um, more of a brown roux. So roux, you know, these are the, like the technicalities. There's a white, a blonde, and a dark roux. Um, okay. And depending on how long you cook them, they offer different nutty flavorings. You know, I mean, all those those really Stuff important comes out. things. Right. And then uh, tomato sauce, sauce tomate. Yes. And a hollandaise. Oh, yeah. Hollandaise. I forgot that's one of the mother sauces. You know, and in my house, that was like Sunday morning. Like that, that was just how life went. Whatever veggie had hollandaise sauce was eaten. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Andy, my husband, uh, likes to make uh, eggs Benedict on Christmas morning. And and he loves the hollandaise sauce. And I never cared. And now uh, I eat uh, eggs Benedict once a year and it's delicious. It turns out, it's but really um, right. It's, it seems to be uh, a stick of butter. So yeah. it's, it's really yeah. good. And you know, typically when you're going in for a job interview, that is your interview making hollandaise sauce because it's so okay. easy to mess up and you really have to know your skills uh, in order to get the job. Um, and that's just one of the fundamentals. Right. So, and you've worked in restaurants. Um, did you work as like a lot, <laughs> like yeah. the like Too the many sous for chef me. or the chop chop? Um, I was a dishwasher. That was my first job. I was a dishwasher. Oh, um, that's yes, such an important job. A, well, it's a very important job, and you're soaking wet, and you smell gross. That's right. But other than that, um, someone has to clean the dishes. Right. So, well, uh, I think I was sixteen. So. <laughs> Oh, that's the perfect job for you. Unless, you know, yeah. somebody puts a knife in the dirty water and then you're a toast. But uh, that's right. A, that's something else for later conversation. But, um, <laughs> you know, I worked everything. My first job out of culinary school was working at Michael's in Santa Monica, which when I went there was one of the most fancy restaurants I'd ever been to. Not the craft store. No, not the craft store. Sorry. No. <laughs> Is it a fancy no, restaurant? No, no. They're, they're, yeah. Okay. Michael McCarty uh, owned one of the chicest restaurants in all of Los Angeles back in the early oh, okay. 2000s and maybe a little bit before. And so that was my first job out of culinary school. So I, you know, was a 
prep person and did all the the grunt work. Um, And then uh, I worked in multiple different restaurants. And then I was head chef to a restaurant. And I realized that when you're the head chef, you have to know how to do everything from dishwashing to every line on the station, as well as ordering. Um, and I've never lost so much weight in such a short period of time in my whole life. Uh, because of the sheer workaholism of yeah. that day? Oh, yeah. of, the, of, the, of opening the restaurant, it was so intense. And so um, wow. that weight yeah. just poured off. <laughs> right. And then you have to make the menu too, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. That is was that a fun really part? Exciting. Is that uh, yeah. Yeah. I love making a menu. You know, when I, I worked, so I write recipes for a traditional home magazine and okay. that, that has been, so I've been working for them for 10 years and I write, I have a like spread and I write their recipes and depending on what the designer, where they're from, what they're doing, I create the recipes. And so typically um I scour the internets, the interwebs, and sure, uh, sure. I look and see what's popular in different cities. And I do oh. this really fun deep dive. And then I kind of pair it with what the designer likes, plus, you know, my own personal likes. But sometimes right. that doesn't matter. And I create something really fantastic. And so, uh, yeah. What's that? What like when you say a designer, is it a, a clothing designer? Is it an architect? Is it a just so a traditional sort of an influencer? home yeah. is mostly interior design. And okay. so they're designing a house and they've got a table spread. And so I go in oh, right. and um take advice from them of what they like. And you know, sometimes that aligns with what I like and sometimes it doesn't, but of my course. preference doesn't matter. Right. So so like if if um if the magazine designer is uh, has has done something with a uh, like an Albuquerque, there's a Coca Pelle and some jade or turquoise or whatever. Yeah. Uh, then you'll also look at and and the and the designer has chosen the look of the place, and you're like, oh, well, I should make, you know. Yeah. So that one, that one would be really fun, right? Because then probably the plates are green, which means I, or blue, let's go with blue because that'll really pop, right? So then I think, all right, well, I want to do something that's going to be really bright. So maybe um, let's do like bright green artichokes with um, a Bernays sauce and chopped chives. So it balances, bounces off of the plates. And then let's go into... Um, something tomato sauce. Maybe we could do like right. a red because yeah, Cause red then, because then it was because it you you want the the colors on the plate to look amazing exactly. as well as for it to taste really good. Exactly. Oh. So I see. And, you know, I mean, there are funny moments like my um my food editor who I loved and adored. He said to me, you know, we're having a fig issue, right? So every Everything from appetizer to cocktail has to have fig in it. And he goes, okay. and I really love fig Newtons. And I looked at him and I was like, I don't, I, I don't like them. Like, I think they right? they remind me of my childhood when I was in yes. houses and they would pull open the yellow package. Right. So that, so I said to um, Stephen, I said, Stephen, you know, 
if you love them, what do you like about them? And so he came up with this laundry list of like, oh, they're, you know, crisp with a hint of chew and, and, and sweet and gave me like all these descriptive things. And I was like, great, I'm going to make the Fig Newton, but I'm going to make it so you can eat it. Like, so I created the recipe based on his taste preference right and well, he wanted it crispy but chewy and yep. then it also he liked how sweet it was but not right. too sweet it's my sister loves a fig newton she a loves lot a of fig people newton. do a lot of right. people do we have a volunteer fig tree in our backyard and andy ashcraft mm-hmm. couldn't be happier could not be happier <laughs> uh to just have hundreds of figs going here let me break this in half and give it to you and i'm like I will eat a half a fig every two days. Do not make me eat a fig every day. I don't. That's amazing. It's not my jam. Fig jam. He's he also enjoys that. I mean, I'm I hope so. If you have a fig tree, you got to love all things fig. All things fig, and he also enjoys. Now, where do you stand? Just gonna another lateral move here. Uh, by the way, let me just tell people that I am talking with Mary Moran, and it's at Hail Mary Food of Grace. Thank you. On all the things. And she has a new children's book out that is at Hail Mary Food of Grace.com. It's at Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble, wherever you get books. Uh, and it's a children's book, and it's called Vita Gang, and it's an adventure about some vitamins. Anyway, about some uh, vegetables. So um the uh the lateral question was. Where do you stand on fruit with meat? Fruit with meat, I think, is delicious. I mean, I... All right. What would you recommend? Because I can't stand it. I will occasionally do an apricot with chicken. That is as much as I can do. Oh, well, like we were talking about earlier, for those of you who are just jumping on, I was talking about, you know, I love pork tenderloin with cherry sauce. It's one of my favorite things. I think is a delicious combination. Okay. And is the cherry sauce sweet or is it also, uh, is it tart? Uh, both. Uh, you, I When I am cooking, I like to hit all those flavor profiles. So sweet, salty, okay. savory, all the different things. Okay. So, so, I mean, our- in my book, it, it's a, it's a really important thing. And when I was at one of the colleges I went to, I went over to somebody's house and they served me pork with cherry sauce. And, you know, there was a long, long, long time when I ate buttered pasta and that was it. I mean, I wasn't a foodie uh, at all right. when I was a kid. And I was old enough to know that I couldn't not eat it. And there wasn't a lot more. And I had just gone to college. So I I was trying to be adventurous. And I remember I tasted it and it was explosive in just flavor profiles. From that moment on, I just thought, oh, wow, you know, chicken can be more than breadcrumbs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my stepmother was uh, not a good cook, not a bad cook. She genuinely didn't like to cook. And there were so many of us <laughs> that she was cranking out food. So but she could make what I what I make. Um, it is the laziest meal of uh, in the world because and it's just called chicken of the gods because it's just um, a chopped. It's it's chicken. You've taken a chicken, cut it up and then. Mm-hmm. You've just, you can jazz it up in a way that I will, uh, that I've mentioned before on this program, (laughs) but what I just usually do salt, pepper, garlic, and then a dab of butter. And then you cook it until it's done and it's crispy and it's just baked chicken. 
with salt, pepper, garlic, and a dab of butter. And I literally can eat an entire chicken like that. It's not okay. I try not to. But um, you yeah. could also take like a loaf of like a rosemary, um, you know, like a fancy loaf of bread you can get at yeah. the, the grocery. You can yeah. rip it up and put it underneath that chicken. Oh, yeah. And then you get what I call chicken bread. Uh, but it's just schmaltzy chicken bread. I mean, it's just schmaltzy bread. It's on the verge of like stuffing, right? Like it's the gateway to stuffing. Um, yeah. Your chicken bread. It's real close. Right. Yeah. Right. Because uh, if it had a mirepoix, then it could, it would be then stuffing. Then it would be it? stuffing. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Um, I, I love, I'm not a crazy, um, like foam chef with uh, olive liquid. Oh, right, right. You know, that's not me. Um, Did you ever go to Bazaar? Oh, yeah, I went to Bazaar. I, I ate so much foam at Bazaar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will never forget my meal at Bazaar. I, that, mostly because it was just bizarre. Um, it, yeah, yeah, it's all I, science. It's all science food. Yeah, it was weird. I, I remember leaving there going, I think I'm hungry, you know? Like, <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, it was all, and it was all tapas stuff. It was all tiny uh -huh. plates. Yeah. And, I mean, and you'd left plates. leaving like, spending like $200. Yeah. And you're like, well, it what was interesting. But yeah, what did I eat? What I did I eat? I, I had an aha moment. I love aha moments. They're very important in my life. I went yes. to um, Aspen Food and Wine event, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous a food event where you get to see all things food. Sorry. Yes. In, in the mountains? Yes. In Is the it mountains. in Aspen? Aspen, okay, yeah. Colorado. Okay. So it was in there the mountains. Go. It was, you know, it's gorgeous to be there. It's gorgeous with all the food, with all the chefs. I mean, it's a premier food and wine event. And so, you know, I got my, um, my press pass because I was writing for, um, I think it was a newspaper at that time. Um, and so I got my press pass. And so I got to go to one of the events and it was this gorgeous, gorgeous um, dinner where all the chefs were preparing like small bites. And okay. I accidentally, and I'm truly serious when I say I accidentally got into the van with like all the food and wine magazine editors. Like I, oh, wow. I just accidentally got into the car with like all of the best of the best of the best. And, and then here I was, and I was like, oh, I don't belong here. Like, can I take a cab? But anyway, right. I got but Where there. were you going? Well, we were oh, going to the shishi dinner, right? Oh, right. And, and you ended up in, in the van with all of the fancy writers and yes. editors. And, and, okay. and, and I was so, I mean, again, I was early in my career. And so I really didn't belong there. I, I knew I but didn't. But it felt... But it but was super phenomenal. Cool. I was like, oh, do yeah. you know who you are? I know you. You're in my picture <laughs> on my magazine, right? And so... Um, but I, they were already in the van and they're like, oh, we need one more person to fill it. So there yeah. I was. So anyway, so we go into this gorgeous room, gorgeous views, everything. And I'm looking around the room. I'm by myself and there's one humongous, humongous line. And they're the best chefs in all the country in this building at this moment. Like they've worked days, they fly with bread, they rent out plain seats for their <laughs> ingredients. Like it's oh gosh, really okay. intense. And yeah. so 
I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm going to get in the line, right, with all the people. It was meatballs, meatballs. Oh, it was meatballs. Everyone was made meatballs. a variety of different so meat. Everybody else were doing, all the other chefs were doing foam. That was big at the time. They were doing, right. um, what else were they doing? Very strange, like pâtés. They were doing all these like really fancy things. So I, as I sat back and watched, I would see the press people, they would go like get, you know, their foam and then they would walk over and they'd be like, oh, thank God, back to the meatball. You right. know, There's, it was, it yeah. was incredible. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because regular food is, I mean, there's a simple, there's a, my mother-in-law watches this thing called oh, Azerbaijani village or something. Mm. And it's a YouTube channel where uh, like a grandma makes food and her son harvests different leaves and berries and, and, or he brings like a lamb, <laughs> like, and, oh. and she... And she just makes all this food and you can tell that it's like, I, and my last album, I had a joke about poor people food. Cause there's also another program That's on Netflix um, called flavorful origins. Every episode is mm. 11 to 15 minutes and it is the most beautifully shot food TV show I've ever seen in my life. And it goes around different places in China showing you their regional delicacies, the regional, mm. what they're known for. Yeah. And oftentimes it's, it's poor people food. It's, it's something it's, you know, you know how like in every generation and everywhere, they're just like, you don't get to eat. You can have this mm -hmm. and they throw you tripe. And then your grandmother turns it into something that's delicious. Yep. And now it's $26 a plate. That's right. Right, right now, I swear to God, someone right now is taking uh, just extra oyster crackers and saltines <laughs> and coffee mate and making the most amazing bread pudding you've ever had in your life. That's right. Uh, and one day it's going to be $26 for that. <laughs> so Right. I mean, I think ramen is a perfect, perfect example of that. Exactly. Right. When we were in college, it was what we could make in our microwave. And now 25 it's like- cents. There we go. And now it's off the charts expensive and I will pay- so much for a good bowl there's of ramen. Like a mama, there, there's even mama like Fuko, mama, right? That's, that's I it, think, right? It's a brand. Yeah. I and think, it's like five yeah. bucks a thing. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. But, but it's worth paying it, um, in my opinion, because I, I love ramen. Right. They, they, they fixed it, right? Before it used <laughs> yeah, to just be, yeah. it just used to be chicken flavored salt, pork flavored salt. Uh, shrimp flavored salt and that was it those were your three choices of 26 cent ramen yeah. that we had when i was in college and um and and right after college but uh and now there's this layers of flavor that's happening with that momofoku brand and there was some other that is like a singapore noodle it doesn't even have a broth <laughs> mary doesn't even have a broth it's just a, like a sort of a sauce or a packet yeah and it's delicious yeah, you know, uh, when I, again, I was writing for newspaper at that point, and um, I went to a ramen festival, and it was in the middle of the Arlington what? racetracks, and it was all these, and it was really before ramen had taken off. And so right. all of these Japanese chefs flew in with their broth, they would buy an extra plane seat, 
to put their broth in the plane seat with them. Yes. And then they would, you know, continue it out. And it was shocking how many different variations of ramen and also people who were so excited to push the envelope. At that point, they were really trying to sell us um, a ramen burger, which was the dried ramen. Remember the dried ramen on the top and on the bottom uncooked with a burger in between? Yeah, yeah. That one didn't take off. But, that didn't but they work. tried. Yeah. They tried hard, they, right? They did. And I like that you went to like a ramen con. I did. Like like a Comic Con, mm-hmm. but of ramen mm-hmm. noodle soup. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I love any kind of con, uh, you know, convention. Is, are there other anything. like food conventions? I'm sure you've been to many, right? Yeah, I've been to many. I, I would be honest and say I, I want to go to more, but motherhood is hard. So <laughs> right. I don't right, right. you're like raise tap. yourself for for four yeah. days. I'll be I right mean, back. It's hard. there's yeah. like maple syrup ones that I'm dying to go to in Vermont that would be amazing. There's um artichoke ones, there's garlic ones and everybody comes in. I will say I did go, I was really excited about the idea of um, a lobster one, even though we're not in Maine. And so I piled my kids, they were young at the time. And my husband, I said, listen, we're going to go to this lobster festival. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the best thing in the world. And it was like a couple of flyers with lobsters on them and one royal. And then the rest was just a carnival. Okay, so the kids were psyched because it was a carnival. But but I, yeah, but you're like, not enough lobster in my lobster con. No, Um, lobster con is a fail. Where's the artichoke? I never had an artichoke until I moved to California. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, my stepmother, I never had a bagel until I went to college. She was constantly like, I remember her eating a bagel once when I was in high school, and I was like, what is that? And she goes, you wouldn't like it. (laughs) <laughs> and uh i was like why what it's bread why what do you mean i wouldn't like it yeah, and, why? Uh, no i don't know i th- i think she uh she did the best she could and then uh, i think she hit a wall like parent like parents do oh, you know I'm, she's just yeah. like i've parented i've parented i've parent you have to get away from me i will parent again in a half an hour and uh yeah and I don't so, want to teach you to like this bagel because this bagel cost me two dollars and, and I can't mine. afford to feed you. Yes. Yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. everyone can't have a bagel. It's just gonna right. be mine at this point. <laughs> You're gonna have to grow up, earn your own money, buy your own fucking bagel. And uh good for her. Uh so Yeah, they she needed that bagel all to herself. I I feel she, that. I I live that. I, I definitely right. live that moment where there's this amazing um I, th- I guess I, I'm not cool enough, but like the videos, like memes or memes or gifts or whatever, you know, that co- comes sure. across your phone on TikTok or whatever. And it's of a mom in a bathroom eating potato chips in her little children's hands, like oh under the door, <laughs> like, mom, right. give me the chip I need. Where are you, mom? And she <laughs> is videoing herself saying, I just need that. Like, I just need this two minutes. Yeah, it's just me, so, me for a second. It's so be that great. was your mom with the so, bagel. Are there, have you had extraordinary, I had a uh, guy Branham on once. He talked about his favorite restaurant experience. Yeah. And it was in the South of France. Oh. And um, yeah, it was some sort of fancy pants. It was the most expensive meal he's ever had. Oh. And I was like, was it delicious? And what did you eat? And he kind of remembered. <laughs> and, uh, and that, I mean, that's the key, right? I mean, uh, there are diners that I go to regularly mm-hmm. because I love, I love to eat out first of all because mm-hmm. I enjoy 
someone coming to my table and refilling my coffee. It's one of my favorite things in life. Yeah. And, uh, and I also just, I would, yes, I would like a sandwich or I don't actually, I rarely order a sandwich out because I can make a sandwich, but I don't like to make eggs and bacon and hmm. like a That's side of fruit. So I yeah. will. Yeah. So I like to go out for breakfast and brunch and stuff. And that's super fun. What are your, I mean, I know you, you told me that you like taco carts these days. Yeah. Is there a, a favorite taco carts right now or? Yeah. I mean, I, I love anything that you can walk up and order and then walk away in the same moment. <laughs> you know, that, that really makes me happy, but it also. Where are you eating it though? Are you taking um, it home? Are you eating I, it on the curb like look, an animal? What's I happening? feel like right now I am running um, with my business and, um, with the kids book and everything and just the kids. And so typically I'm in the car, like shoveling food in my face. Oh, Every once oh you're in a on while. the go anyway. Yeah. So. I'm on the go or, you know, so it, it makes sense for it to be quick and easy. Um, and so I really love when things are good, they're consistent and usually I am a creature habit. So I will order the exact same thing. And I typically will never say, hey, let's go try this restaurant. That's not me. I, I want to hear from at least five to 10 people that they've been there, that <laughs> everything is great. And then I right. will say, maybe on a day where like I can still go to my other favorite place, I will allot enough time to go eat at this new place. Um, now, so, I have a friend who loves a taco sh uh, cart. So think about what your favorite taco cart is. So I'm sorry I to love yeah. Tacos Delta. That is so great. It was across the street from my old location. So Tacos Delta is hands down one of my favorite like greasy, um, uh, like great. It's sort of in Silver Lake area yeah like East it's on LA sunset, kind of sunset junction okay I, mean, they, I love them um okay and then i really love mix too it's not a classic um i would say it's not a classic menu but it's um some really amazing flavors mixed together and i really love that one as well and what's that one called mix, mix two, two? m-i-x-t-o i love i love them okay I mean, the Fair owner's enough. actually really great. I've been there so much and probably funded uh, new paint jobs <laughs> on the restaurant. So we're not for Or dental it. for their children. Yeah. But, um, you know, I have to say, like, I'm with you. I, I love, like, a good cup of coffee. I love, like, eggs. And, and I went to this new restaurant the other day, and it was sit down. And I, you know, I thought, okay, I've driven by it for years. It's, it's still <laughs> here, right? And so right. I go in. And it's got kind of a weird menu, and I was fine with that. And then I, you know, I'm not an American cheese girl. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just, I, it's not my cheese of choice. And right. So, what is your cheese of choice? Um, I'm always a cheddar girl. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, I, like I do a Swiss. love Swiss. I, I like a Swiss. I, I love a Swiss. I love a Swiss. I'm yeah. not going to lie, but it's, cheddar is always my go to. They didn't have it. Okay. okay. But they had a Monterey Jack. And so okay. I said to them, hey, can I switch the cheeses? The woman looked at me and goes, no. And I said, what? No. What? Like, in Los Angeles, in a restaurant, yeah. they for would breakfast. not let you pick. On a Tuesday. Breakfast. And there were three other people in the restaurant. And I said, I'm, and she goes, the chef doesn't make changes. And I said, uh, oh, okay. And so I really wanted this piece of cheese. I was a little bit desperate. And so I go, I would like a side of cheese, please. Can you bring me that slice on a plate? She looks me dead in the uh, face. Money is no object, up to four dollars. Right, bring, bring me a piece of cheese on, on a plate. Like now, we're we've gone beyond. Right. 
I'll build my own. It's fine. And she, and she says to me, she wouldn't. No, no, we yeah. couldn't possibly do that at all. It'll affect and, the integrity of the meal. And in yeah, my brain, can, right, as a chef, I'm sitting there and I'm envisioning the line with a piece of Monterey Jack and American next to each other. And yet, she, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't make sense to me. It didn't. I know there was a little bit of cost, but there was nothing. And I thought to myself, this is just reinforcing my bad habit of not going anywhere else. You know? Right. 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 Because now now you don't want to go back there. Or anywhere new. Like, I'm going to stick to my five, (laughs) you know, unless I'm told by five to 10 people, I'm not going anywhere. There Now, I live in the valley. So I don't know if you ever make it uh, over the hill uh, Mm. into the San Fernando Valley. Okay. But there is a breakfast burrito place. And now they have breakfast tacos and and they take Armenian sausages mm. and they mix it with Mexican uh, burritos, tacos, tortas, and, you know, and sometimes they smother it in cheese. Uh, here's what I recommend. A Bostroma burrito. Bostroma. Don't even. Okay. Bostroma. Don't even fuck with it. Bostroma is sort of a, a an Armenian prosciutto or mm. an Armenian. Uh, if it's dried, it's more of a jerky. Right. Okay. And uh, it is. Very garlicky and very uh, delicious. There's also a sausage called sojuk that is uh, just a, it's just a, I think a pork sausage mm-hmm. and it's delicious. Uh, good work is being done uh, when I, I do love a mashup between two um, kinds fusion. of food. Fusion. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think fusions are great. When I was in culinary school, I had a really amazing friend and all he wanted in life was a fusion restaurant. And I'm like, but I don't understand, <laughs> you know, me and my Midwest brain. I was like, it right, doesn't right. make sense to me. Like, why, why would, would you, you, why would you mix it up? We're learning the you, specifics. Right. What did so, he want to fuse? Do you remember? Uh, yeah. He wanted to fuse Thai with, um, what was it? I think it was like Thai with French because, you know, we were in French oh, culinary Because you were in French. So. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Remember so those Korean mind, taco places? Right. So in his mind, the French uh, fusion would be best done with Thai food. And at the time I was like, I don't even know what Thai food is. Like, what? <laughs> what is that? Right, so, right. Uh, it was fun. It's, uh, yeah, food is fun. It's really, it's such an adventure. There are so there's so much option in LA, which I really love. Like the restaurant that you're talking about, I'm going to go this week. It's called bread and breakfast. Bread And, and breakfast. there's a pop-up. Yeah. There's a pop-up one over by circus liquor here in the Valley, which you may know from many different, mm. a thousand movies. It has, it's a oh. liquor store that has a clown. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 You've seen yeah. it a thousand times. I am. And it is, it is um, I think Wednesday through Sunday, until two o'clock p.m. But they just got their uh, brick and mortar business set up in Burbank, oh, so they exciting. they kept the pop up, but now they have a brick and mortar place. And I went to the brick and mortar place, and they had a hat uh, for sale. And I was like, "I'll wear a hat." And he goes, "Will you wear it on Instagram?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "You can have it." And then I wore it on Instagram, and uh, and. <laughs> But I want. I was going to buy it. I was. I was willing to spend twenty, twenty five bucks, whatever. I like a baseball cap, and I like. I really like a Bostroma burrito. It's a. I, yeah. I do like that sort of fusion. Um, what would you? Okay, so we're we're getting close to an hour here. I love I've, it. I've, I've had gone, so much what fun. I'm so glad because I I feel like I've weeded off uh, on you and I've taken you on uh, various journeys. It's Mary Moran, by the way, and she has a new children's book called uh, Vita Gang. And it's about uh, uh, vegetables, 
on an adventure. There's been there's been some crime. And uh, it comes out February 2nd. And if you go to Hail Mary Food of Grace, that's her handle on Instagram. That's the dot com. And Vita Gang is on Amazon and all the places where you would buy a book. And it's a children's book and it's delightful. I've read it. Anyway, um, is there anything you want to tell me about food that I didn't let you tell me about food? Hmm. You know, you have uh, a favorite meal? My favorite meal. Um, well, I do. I love uh, homemade bolognese with homemade pasta. That's one of my go-tos. And uh, I've gotten really obsessed with making biscuits and pies. Um, I Back in the... Um, remember the pandemic? Uh, remember yeah. that? Lockdown? Remember when we I remember lockdown. Masking? Yeah. Um, and we were all on social media. Somebody from Germany was like, I need somebody to teach a biscuit class. At the time, I didn't know it was. Um, or she said, I need somebody to teach a class. And at the time, I didn't know she was from Germany. I was like, oh, me, me. And so yeah. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and taught and 30, 30 children on Zoom how to make biscuits in Germany, which was really fantastic. And are they, they're not sourdough biscuits. They're just, no, just just regular, just just regular biscuits. And I guess, you know, I didn't do my homework enough because I forgot that, um, metrics were important. Oh, right. Um, and so there was a teacher who was on converting all of our recipes, but it was pretty amazing. I mean, these, these German students did an incredible job and I think, um, all but two, were really, really fantastic. Uh, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was great. They all sent me photos and everything. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything great. Oh, you know what? Uh, I have one really great recommendation before I go. Um, yes, this, this is for all listeners um, because one of the most frequently asked questions that I get is, you know, how come my recipe doesn't look like the picture on the web, right? right? And... After years of writing for editorial and working through a lot of different um, scenarios, the truth is, is that a lot of the web is only um, told to make the recipe three times. And if that recipe came out three times, then it is perfect for the public. No joke. Wow. That does. That so, actually doesn't feel like enough. That is so that that's enough? like if and now this isn't what I work for. I you know traditional home they have a really different method, which is how I learned that there's such an enormous difference. But most um, even cookbooks, right? The editors don't have time to make 200 recipes, so they're just entrusting that right. you made the recipes. Um, over and over again, and that they are perfect, right? So I always tell anybody to be a detective when they're making something from a book or from the internet. Um, If you're working from the internet, I always say, you know, find a trusted source like Food Network or the test kitchen or someplace where you know that they're actually testing the recipes and then Google three other recipes. Okay, Oh, so find find the recipe on something that's super credible mm-hmm. and then Google it and find three other places that have done it? 
Kind yeah, of. and that way you can see yeah. how they're making their version, right? So right. maybe oh, somebody okay. uses oil, but somebody else likes butter, somebody else likes a mix, right? So right. And then like Food Network chefs, they have to put their ego in their recipe, right? Because they're selling themselves to you. Right. And sure. so like Bobby Flay loves the spice. So you'll find a lot of like anchovies in his recipes. And right. so if you have never made the recipe, you might think, Oh, it's supposed to have ancho chilies. And the truth is, it's not. It's just. Right. You can use uh, whatever you've got. You've got, what, what do you got? Cayenne? What do you got? Chili flakes? Exactly. What do you got? Tabasco? So. Don't sweat it. That's right. So, you know, uh, and take notes right in your cookbook. Right in your cookbook. Dissect Okay. It. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Mary, uh, this has been a delight. I have had a really, uh, this has been fascinating. So good. Everybody, Mary Moran at Hail Mary, Food of Grace. And uh, the name of the book is uh, Vita Gang. And thank you so much for doing the show so much. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. All right. And I scratch your throat. I'm going to tell you, Rangers, take, you know, the rules out there. Take care of each other. Hi, Adal. How was the show? Well, let's get into it, shall we? It yes, was with Mary Moran, who mm-hmm. went to chef school in Pasadena, which I we have we've discussed this off off mic, is the fact that uh I didn't know there was a cordon bleu in Pasadena. Right. I had for, forgotten. Like, I knew at one point that I'd forgotten. Right. And so she is all fancy pants chef trained and has gone through, I think, all the stages of grief. <laughs> <laughs> and like she, she knows, worked she yeah. knows how to use butter. She knows that's, how to use butter. That's she, the important thing about right, Cordon Bleu. Right. She worked at uh, fancy restaurants, mm-hmm. and then she worked for television, watching oh. essentially watching food rot as mm. uh, as the days went by, and she had to recreate the food scenes. Right. Hopefully, <laughs> she got to use fresh food whenever she needed to recreate sometimes, the food scenes. Sometimes not. Sometimes you used to use the same food. Oh, no. And she was like, matter of fact, I'm getting a little ill. Thinking about it, because some <laughs> bed, there's nothing like broccoli rotting <laughs> right. to really, because broccoli uh, weirdly gaseous. Right, and, right. But she went through all the things, all the stages of grief or whatever, where <laughs> she worked at the restaurant. She was like uh, head chef at one of the restaurants, and then she worked in food, like food stylist for t- television. Like Hell's okay. Kitchen and Kitchen Nightmares and Sugar oh, Rush. Okay. So those and, were the actual cooking shows. Right, where she had a, a – and I asked her about Great British Bake Off. I was like, which she has never seen, kind of like I've never seen Ms. Maisel. Um, right, okay. And she – her whole thing was she was like, well, it uh, – they're doing the cooking on those contests. We're just yeah. making sure that everything looks right. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. I'm and sure so, there's, there, there's, it's, it's as much about lighting and positioning things in front of the camera and figuring out like as the, a, it's props. Yeah. As right. anything. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's exciting. And she has, uh, she has a, a book, a children's book called Vita oh. Gang okay. about, um, it's an adventure where one of the vegetables is stolen by sugar or, or, uh, wait, wait, I, are I the characters, it. are the characters vegetables? Yes, the characters are vegetables and they have to save oh, their okay. friend because their okay. friend has been saved by something unhealthy, has been snatched has by snatched. something unhealthy. Right, right. So somebody has coated the broccoli in sugar. <laughs> or cheese. Uh, not true. Right, right. That's it was probably the British. Honestly, it was probably the British. 
And spoiler alert, <laughs> hey, you don't want to give it away. It's a 12-page children's book. Uh, oh, right, it's adorable. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, and, and her handle is Hail Mary Food of Grace. Oh, that's awesome. Which is so good. Hail Mary, food of grace. And her name is Mary Moran. And uh, which is which also makes sense. And right. um, she has been to many conventions. Her favorite one that she's been to recently is Ramen Con. Oh. Yeah. Or well, was it recently? Kinda... I can't remember, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if sometimes they put these cons, uh, they they put put these cons together. Like, does Ramen Con ever get sort of merged with Raisin Con to get Raisin Ramen Con. <laughs> no, no one's doing that. <laughs> but it's a great episode and it was super fun. And we talked a little bit how she wants to, there's cons all over the world she really wants to go to. She wants to go right. to all kinds of food, different food conventions. Oh, that's kind of a kind of a cool thing to do, honestly, because it probably gets, it probably means you get to go to very interesting places. Right. She tried to take uh, the family to Lobster Con and only the children liked it because there were only two lobster booths and then it was just a carnival. What? <laughs> right. That was her opinion. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, the kids, yeah, the kids had a great time. Uh, I, got to, I got to eat two different kinds of lobster and that was it. And that was so, it. Yeah. Oh, uh, that would have been very disappointing. <laughs> right. For you. For you, because you don't even like lobster. But I'm crab gone. She uh, talked crab about gone, the no. king crab that she that took up two carts. King that, crab con. I want to go. Not, that that was, but that wasn't a crab con. That was a king crab that was on a show. Oh right. So many different sweet nuggets of info and super fun episodes. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it, and you know the rules. Take care of each other. My hat. My hat. My hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?